praise the Lord. To God be the glory for yet another day that he has given unto us. In this day of the Lord, we shall surely be glad and rejoice in it in Jesus' name. Today, we'll be discussing Acts chapter 5. This chapter can clearly be discussed under two subheads. The first one, the intent, deceit, and death of Ananias and Sapphira. That we find in verse 1 through 15. And the second subhead, the persecution and the Holy Spirit move in the life of the early church. This we find in verse 16 through 42. One lesson one gets from this first event of this chapter is that lying is wrong. Though sometimes we do it and even against all odds try to justify our wrong actions. But the reality is that lying is never okay. Lying hurts our souls, it hurts other people, and it displeases our God. We might be able to trick everyone else in the world into believing a lie, but never the Lord, for he knows all things. In verse 3 through 4, Peter confronts Ananias with his crime. He says to Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And then at the end of the verse, it says, You have not lied to men, but to God. The real crime in this text is not that this man and his wife kept back some of the money. Their crime is that they lied to God. Ananias and Sapphira lied to God, the Holy Spirit, while attempting to make themselves look good before man. This is the sin of hypocrisy. Peter says to the husband, Didn't the field belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? Hypocrisy is a destructive sin within the community of God's people. This couple did not act honorably here. And God, through the Holy Spirit, used their disobedience and eventual punishment as an opportunity to discourage us or anyone from lying to him. Another important aspect of this false survey is what happened after the death of this couple. Acts chapter 5 verse 13 tells us that despite the numerous miracles being done by the apostles through the Holy Spirit, that no one there joined the church. The story of Ananias and Sapphira is to the book of Acts, while the story of Achan is to the book of Joshua. In both narratives, an act of deceit interrupts victorious progress of God's people. Let us therefore be honest with one, each other and with God. It will be helpful to us. It will be helpful to the kingdom of God and to those we interact with. For any act to be considered good and acceptable in the sight of God, such act must meet at least three criteria. The first one being that it must be based on true faith. The second is that it must conform to God's law. And thirdly, it must be done for God's glory. This couple action woefully failed the third criteria. Here, as their action in selling and bringing the sales proceeds to the church was not done for the glory of God, but for the glory of themselves. Don't be an Ananias or Sapphira. Think before you act. The second notable event in our chapter was the arrest, imprisonment, deliverance by the angel, 
return of the apostles to the temple to preach the message for which they were earlier arrested, the eventual rearrest of the apostles, and their encounter with the Jewish council of elders. The high priest, along with his fellow Sadducees, were quite upset about the work and preaching of the apostles. Verse 18 tells us, And they laid hands on the apostles and put them in a public jail. Their plan was to bring them before a larger council the next day for persecution and eventually kill them. But regardless what plan man may have, God has his own plans, and his plans always wins. In this case, the Lord did not want his apostles to remain in jail. Verse 19 tells us, But an angel of the Lord during the night opened the gates of the prison, and taking them out, he said, Go your way. Stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. Brethren, what is this message? The message is that no matter what state one finds himself or herself, that grace has been made available for us all through faith in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of all souls. That is the message that they were to proclaim. This is the same message that we are to proclaim to others today, that eternal life is found only in Jesus Christ, God's Son. On the break of the next day, a larger council of Jewish elder was seated to accuse and persecute the jailed apostles, only for them to learn that not only were the apostles not in jail, but that they were at the temple preaching and teaching the people about Jesus Christ, an offense for which they were earlier put in jail for. In verse 25, we see that, But someone came and reported to them, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Hallelujah. This news must have come to them as a root chalk because most people who escape from jail flee to some place where they will not be caught and return to jail. But in this case, not only did the apostles not flee, they had boldly gone back to the very place they were arrested and were doing the very same thing for which they were arrested. So another emissary was sent again to have them arrested and brought before the council. But the apostles did not resist the rearrest. They have every reason to cooperate because if God could release them one time, he could release them again another time. The summary of the apostles' defense before the whole council was simply this. When it comes to choosing whom to obey, there really is no, that, there really is no question. God must be obeyed rather than man. In verse 34 to 39, we meet a Pharisee named Gamaliel. Gamaliel had the apostle put aside while he presented his argument against being hasty and rash in condemning the apostle. His argument boils down to the idea that if the apostles were not from God, then whatever movement they were starting will eventually come to nothing. He cites two examples as proof. Theodos and that of Judas of Galilee, both movements failed at the death of their master. I am indeed captivated by Gamaliel's advice in verse 35 through 39. He points out an important message to us all. That things that are of men will fail eventually, but things that are of God and supported by him can never fail. Brethren, 
Never forget that God has a plan. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, the scripture tells us that his plans for us are good. He takes care of his people, those who love him and serve him with all their heart. There are only two kinds of events that occur in the world. Things that God makes happen and things that God allows to happen. Both have a purpose and even if we may not know what his purpose are for such happening, we still need to put our trust in him. I will leave you with this closing thought in this, in this chapter from verse 42. And every day the scripture says, in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease preaching and teaching that Jesus is the Christ. I pray that we have that same attitude and drive to share the gospel. God bless you and do have an impactful and rewarding day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.